Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. What is your company's purpose? Today, we're going to help you discover your company's purpose and share ways to build purpose into your hiring process. So it's all about purpose today. Now, why? Because if your model exists just to make money, you won't be relevant anymore. Guess who said that? Sounds like something I might say. (laughs) That's actually a quote from you. Today's quote, um, outside of you, is uh, when you're surrounded by people who share a passionate commitment around a common purpose, anything is possible. And that, my friends, was Howard Schultz. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our purpose is to provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. We share insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Charles Antis. Charles is the founder and CEO of Antis Roofing and Waterproofing. He's a uh, well-respected and widely known roofing expert, entrepreneur, humanitarian, and he began his career in, in professional roofing back in 1984. Since then, he's become one of the most trusted names in Southern California roofing industry, as well as an inspirational business leader championing social corporate responsibility. Charles just oozes purpose, which is what makes him the perfect expert for today's topic. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today, Charles. Thank you, Rick. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So today we're going to cover discovering your purpose. We're going to talk about how you get others to rally around your company's purpose. And then we're going to talk about how to hire purpose-driven people. Let's start with your origin story. I know that uh, you know you discovered your purpose in a, in a roundabout way, right? I did. Yeah. And, and I think purpose is something that it's one of those topics that's not always easy to talk about. And I talk about purpose on a daily basis, it seems, um, with other business owners and other groups. And yet some days, where's my why? What's my why? It's like, stop asking that effing question. So yeah, some right? days, so I think the first thing we talk about this is to understand that it it's it's talking about things in a slightly newer context that's putting people first. And I think that it's a more aggressive stance than what we've seen the norm in business. Well, yeah, because that's what the people want. Everybody wants to have or buy into a purpose. They don't really want to just go to get a paycheck. You can do that anywhere. Yes. And, and there's influence there by millennials, but there's also the millennials might be the Sherpas awakening the baby boomers, my generation. And suddenly it's not about win, lose anymore. Suddenly it's about making the world a better place. What's my legacy? When I'm no longer here, did I leave the campground cleaner than where than when I, I found it, which is the old uh, co- the old Boy Scout motto or something. That's not the motto, but you know where I'm going. <laughs> which is cleaning up after the boomers. Yes. I said that because our engineer That's Paul's exactly. a boomer, and I'd like to make fun of him every chance I get. Well, well what you just said socially, I think, is true. My generation yeah. was raised to do the best we could with what we had, and we understood that we if we played really hard, we could win. There'll probably be some other losers. The new generation, I think, is looking for win-wins, and I think it's very exciting, and it's a good it's a good opportunity for us to to have a better social conscience. Yeah, as much as people um, in our generation complain about millennials, I think they've brought in some great things, and I think yes. really our generation's pissed off because they didn't do it first. A little, there's a little <laughs> bit of that. That's a, that's, a, that's, that's where a, the that's animosity comes from, right? That's another show. I yeah. love talking about that, but I'll tell you our origin story, and I'll try not to tell a long version of it, but. We discovered purpose sort of stumbling on it and it and it happened like this. I started the business 
because I had to. I needed to provide food for my young child, and I needed work, and I didn't have enough work where I was working. And so I found that the only work I could get was doing repairs on buildings that had leaks from rain. Mm. The reason I couldn't do more is I didn't have the equipment nor the staff to install roofing, but I did develop a skill that I could sniff out and fix the leak that no one else could solve. And I would offer a management company like this, do you have a property with a leak that no one can solve? I'll do it for free. And that's how I got work. Calls were very important. And so I, in my home office, which was a bedroom converted, um, they didn't have any work. My work was putting the weather stripping up on the door so they couldn't hear the kids scream so I could get work. And I would get like two calls a week. Maybe three. Yeah, but most people, I mean, it doesn't rain that much in California either. So that's going to be even tougher. Yeah, so a call is like precious. Like, yeah. So, you know, (laughs) oh my God, the phone's ringing. (laughs) Hello. And so under that kind of duress, needing work and having mortgage payments of like $1,800 to make, I get a call and a lady's got leaks in every room. It's like... Uh Yeah, we're going to make money. And I I drive out there the next day. And as I'm getting closer to the home, I remember noticing the homes getting smaller. It's like, oops, you know, going the wrong way. And then I noticed graffiti and things like it was not a nice neighborhood. Finally, I turned on the street where the home would be and just saw like dead grass and a four wall small home with a flat roof. And you know, but my dad says you show up no matter what. My dad taught me a lot of things that show up in our model. Yeah. And that would be always do the right thing no matter what. So I knocked on the door and then three things happened rapidly that kind of changed my life looking back. And that was a lady answered the door with this tired look on her face that, whoa, what's this look? And suddenly I'm hit with this big gust of mildew like I'd never smelt before, which sends me into this repulsiveness that I want to leave and I start to back up. But as I, as I back up by, I get this pull on my finger and contrasting my face, which is like this and the mom's face, which is tired and anxious. This little girl's got this beaming smile ear to ear. And she's like, she just wants to show off her house. She doesn't know that it's about ready to be taken away from her as unsafe. She pulls me in through this crowded living room into a tiny hallway. And finally she just goes into her room like Vanna White and shows me her room because she's got this unicorn poster on the wall. But when she looks up, I look down and I see four mattresses with mold. Uh, Yeah. And it was one of those moments that. That must've been really tough to to see. It wasn't tough though, in the way that I see it now, like hard to see this poor girl. Now I saw that, but it was tougher than that. It was like, oh my God, I'm in the worst possible place at the worst possible time. That's how it felt. But I've learned something that started then. I didn't know this then. Looking back, what I did is I didn't turn around and leave. I wanted to turn around and leave, but I didn't. I stayed there. I stayed with it because I was stuck. And again, my dad, that yeah. stuff, all that, all that crud about doing the right thing. You know, and I have this skill. I've just been telling people I'll do a leak for free. And all of a sudden there's an opportunity, but I want to run. And I sat there with that cognitive dissonance until finally the mom comes back in the room and she, she has that same look. And it just at that moment, I don't know where it came from, but I stood up and I said, I'll do this roof. And it's, you know, it's still emotional to think about it because I, I think it's like, I look back at that story with reverence today because I'm glad it happened. Yeah, I'm glad it happened for that family because they stayed in that house. We went back with a team of volunteers. I had to get on the phone, didn't have any employees yet. We got a team of volunteers. I went to Home Depot. I purchased some crude, like some rolls of rolled roofing and goop. And we gooped that roof. It was dripping on the sides, but it didn't drip inside. They stayed. 
And every time I ran into those people or the employees, or they weren't employees, but the uh, the volunteers or the um, or the siblings, which would happen every year or so, it would be like this amazing high five. And I think that's what I see today that I couldn't see then, as I didn't know what culture was. I just didn't, I didn't have any employees yet. But as employees came into the company, we discovered this one thing that now is cool. But wait, then, now is that where you discovered your your motto or your purpose that you live under for Antis? Well, the 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 let me tell you what that is uh, that you bring it up. Antis roofing exists to keep families safe and dry. It's a beautiful thing. Oh. It's simple, but it took us it took us twenty seven years to discover that <laughs> slogan. I don't know why, sure. but that that is true. The essence of our why. And when you call Antis Roofing and you talk to one of our 33 office employees, any one of them, and you tell them you got a roof leak because they know why we exist, it's not making money. Now, that's they understand that comes later, but we exist to keep families safe and dry. So there's no misunderstanding about what we do and when. And nobody does a better job of keeping families dry. We get out there, we tarp it, we, we do whatever we can. If we're not going to collect payment on that keeping them dry, it doesn't end up being the thing that we worry about. And because our focus is on keeping families safe and dry, and all my people know it, all of the questions kind of trickle down and people know relative, they know they're not going to be, they're not going to get yelled at for losing money on a job because we smile at that if somebody benefits. We look for the greater good. Thanks again, dad. That's fantastic. All right, so you stumbled into your purpose like at that at that moment. We did. And and so I, I pulled away from the story, but we we ended up this is the other saying that it, it evolved eventually as we keep we exist to keep families safe and dry. But the way it showed up first was God, you can't let anybody have a leaky roof just because they don't have the money to pay. That was a, something I remembered hearing myself complain about, echoing, God dang it. I can't let anybody have a leaky roof just because they don't have the money to pay. And that would actually come up in our management meetings. Somebody would have a leaky roof. Um, you know, one of the, there's a, we have all these stories that are just huge in our culture. And imagine sure. what that does. And one of the stories is a family. I don't know why sometimes it makes me emotional, but it's just a guy, random guy that I reached out and said he had a, a woman that needed help with her roof. And we went out there and her, I never even met her. Our team went out there, but her husband was dying. And, oh. and, and her roof was in really bad shape. And, and we went out and we took care of that roof and what it did for my employees was really cool. And I think that's what I've discovered is like, I do it. I'm, I'm a marketing guy. I tend to think outside the company and I tend to think of the impact in terms of people, but sometimes I overlook this opportunity that occurs when this happens to your culture. I mean, this truly transforms people when they get to be involved in changing people's lives and helping people like it was their own mother. And so you can't imagine the difference. You know, one of the things I know we'll get to, but you go back to that, our, the stat in our industry, in the roofing industry, more than 50% of the employees will leave their place of employment this year across the board. And at Antis Roofing, we retain 93% of our employees. And the, the value of that is, we, I remember when I first started my business and somebody would come into our Vistage class and they'd say, every time you lose an employee doesn't work out, you lose $70,000. I thought it was horse crap in time. Wow. That's a, I think that's an undersell. You know, I think it kills everything when you lose that momentum. And Anytime so that retention, you lose somebody, it, kill, it, uh, it kills the momentum big time. And multiple departments, you know, yeah. you have all those sturdy legs holding your company together and you have multiple legs weak. And then you see companies all, all out fail. And that's, then they were shocked when you, what's that stat? And I misquote stats bad, but like 
more than half of the Fortune 500 companies from 10 years ago are out of business. Is that right? Relatively. Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. It's like, uh, but I thought? think that's been more a result of technology than it sure. has been anything else. Sure. But okay, that's yeah. a great point. But I, you're absolutely right. But I feel so that my expertise is on the social side of things. I feel that the explosion in what's going to happen and the social side of business is going to feel as exponential as what's happened in technology. For a, a, Agreed. A, a quick, a quick story. Uh, Dallas Imbido, locally, he is the CEO and the founder of Big Rents, Kush Bottling, uh, several um, um, on their way to billion-dollar companies. Sure. And we were at lunch one day, and he's a brilliant guy. He's thirty-one, I think, and he's, he has several companies, several more. It's like it seems like every week he's got a new winner, and he thinks differently than I do. And so we were out, we were at lunch, and we're talking. And, and he, he stopped the conversation to ask me a question and he was, and, he, and I, and it didn't sound serious. And he goes, Charles, wait a minute. And I've had a roofing company for 25 years. Do you guys ever make a profit? That's what his question was. And I think that that was a profound moment for me because what I heard was from the, one of the most brilliant young people, uh, has this Amazon mindset or this hundred percent reinvestment mindset. Sure. And I think what's the shift that I feel right now is that investment has to start with your people. And it oh, really, uh, it, 100%. And, and I feel like the, whatever that slot is, and this is where I get bad, where I, I don't know the, the number, let's say the corporate investment outside of payroll for employees, 10%, I don't know what it is. Say it's a 10% spend, and that's the average that all the big companies do. It feels like whatever it's been over the last 10 years, that internal number has got to go up. It's got to double. It feels like it's got to double, and that's not going to happen quickly. Um, we're experimenting with that kind of investment into our people. And at times, as an, uh, for a founder, it's scary, but it feels so right because it make, it keeps us relevant. It keeps our people showing up purposeful every day wanting to contribute. But here's the thing that you're doing, though, that is you're rivaling most tech companies. So this is something that I see in tech companies is that there's they build in mission and purpose and they really live that. But a lot of the companies outside of that, they don't. They still run traditional business thinking process and and how they approach growing their company. And it's all revenue and 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 um, profit driven, right? Yeah, it's there's cool. very few people yeah. and there's that I see what you're what you're doing, I think is is amazing. It's probably uh, an anomaly within your industry, I would imagine, right? Uh, well, that, that's a great question. Um, it's it is, but it isn't. Um, well, that's good it, to hear. It, it is. It is. It's sh- it's transitioning right now, and and we're part of that, which we love. I'm on the National Roofing Contractors Association board, and I have some really close relationships with these beautiful men and women across the country who want to build a better version. And so there's yeah. a huge reinvestment over the last few years and going to the future on three areas of the roofing industry. I'm just going to quickly mention this because I think it's transferable, and that is. In, into this certification education, so into cleaning up what the what what the consumers buying and buy buy at outside eyes and on certification, but also on advocacy, going to Washington and knocking, which we do. But the third area that's the one I'm excited about is the area of philanthropy and giving back. Um, the roofing industry actually, um, we met with them a couple years ago. We were brainstorming. They came to us with our brand and they said, "What can we do to lift the industry? Where three out of five fail? Where?" Where every two, every in the next three years, three out of five will be out of business. Where more than fifty percent of the people leave, and that's where we got into this study. And we, I, I had all these great ideas that were shot down. I mean, like 
Because we donate all the habitat roofs. We'll do all the habitat roofs. And they looked at me like I was crazy and they were right. It's not scalable. We can't do a billion dollars in roofing donation a year. Yeah. Then I said, I got it. Let's let's do Movember. Let's everyone shave there. You know, or no one shaved from Movember. And you it just doesn't play well across the country in every demographic in the roofing industry. I kind of got crickets waiting. But the Ronald McDonald House give, because I'm on the local board, that's one that the roofing industry has taken off in. And, and I give credit to our our past and current CEOs, Bill Good, who was the CEO for 30 years. He's the one that came to me and he's like the good shepherd of the roofing industry. And the roofing industry is the is the industry with the biggest heart, but was but it was kind of like, well, I'm gonna give this, but don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. And so there's a the baby boomer re-education is we gotta talk about it because that way the model can grow and more good. And so now we have uh, 180 roofers across the company, a country adopting 164 homes, all of the Ronald McDonald houses in, in the U.S. And what's happening is the culture of roofing. We're, we don't feel of ourselves and we're not embarrassed in a conversation. How I used to think, I think to be a roofing professional, we got big hearts and broad shoulders. We're up on your roof protecting you. We are superheroes. And we have a big heart for the community. So it's a really different feel to be a roofer today. And we're transitioning an industry with purpose, just like the tech industry. And it didn't feel like it could stick at first, but it's sticking. And if you look at me, you can tell I'm having a lot of fun doing this. And if you look at our people, if you walk inside Antis Roofing, which I welcome you to do, uh, you're going to feel the culture. It's thick like butter. Is so good butter. I don't know if that works. <laughs> it's so. thicker than milk, right? Yeah, okay. So. <laughs> All right. So then, why is it important to have purpose? If I'm if I'm really starting up a company right now and I'm driving um, something new, wh- why should I have purpose? I mean, I just want to make money and pay my rent. Well, I, there's. I, I, let's talk about internally for you and those that are there. But let's also talk about what it means to those that you're trying to attract. So you want to talk about yeah. for you or for for the external? Well, let's just say f- attracting. Well, if you're going to build the company, you need to attract people, yeah. right? You can't scale by yourself. It's one of the things that's well. clear is it's like we the quote you said, which I've said, I probably stole that quote from somebody and think I said it. The uh, it's actually in um, a book that came out last month, "How Goodness Pays" by Paul Batson. Paul Hillen, and I see that you have that there, so I guess I can quote it. Yeah, but it basically, I basically say in that book on page sixty-eight because I looked, (laughs) it says uh, that hey, if you exist just to make money in this next decade, good luck staying in business. It said something like that. Oh yeah, I don't feel that's true. I know that's true, Um, and I know that's true by who I talk to and by how I'm looking at things. I'm not operating the company anymore. I'm very fortunate I'm outside and I get to go to a lot of board meetings and see how other people operate companies and nonprofits and causes. And I'm, I'm starting to see um, patterns and I'm starting to see that we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction because it, it's just so true. It's, it's all about putting people first today. I'm, I'm going yeah. to go too deep here. You know, I, I, me back. You know what's interesting is I, I heard Gary Vee talk about this the other day where he was talking about like your, your job as a leader is to serve your people. And that's really what your purpose is. Absolutely. It's not, it's not to drive profits, not to anything. Those things are important and they, they would drive business growth, but it doesn't retain people. It doesn't keep people there. I, I totally agree. If you're just joining us on the live stream or the podcast, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard, your host. And today we're chatting with uh, Charles Antis. He's the founder and CEO of Antis Roofing and Waterproofing. So today it's all about purpose. We're talking about purpose and how to uh, build it into your organization. 
So let's switch gears and talk about hiring, right? Okay. I, I think that's kind of a really important piece that, okay, so uh, we've defined that you need purpose. So we're going to help you figure out how to get it. You found yours through by accident, right? I mean, you kind of stumbled into it. I found mine through kind of the radio show in a way. Mm, I know? get that. I, I, I'm a, I've always been a big David versus Goliath kind of fan. I love helping small companies flourish and beat the big boys. There's nothing more satisfying to me than having a, a small company that comes up against like, you know, Google or Facebook or somebody like that. And they're able to win the hire. Mm -hmm. um, so let, let's talk about how we, let's, let's help teach somebody how to find purpose for themselves. Okay. Okay. So what do you suggest? I could go a lot of directions on this. <laughs> uh, well, you know, purpose is something that, that again, it happens more in when you pause to reflect on what happened. Things happen to all of us every day. Sure. And if you just grind, if you're working 80 hour weeks, you don't pause to realize the relevance of the stories that happen every day. Yeah. First thing I have to say is sometimes you have to pause and then if you pause during the day, like I spend time every morning getting my head on right, bicycling, swimming, whatever it takes, just so I can pause and realize what's happening. And when you pause, you can go back and see things. So I, I think of an experience in Thailand I had on a, uh, I, I used to be Mormon. I'm a foreman now. No, oh, you're a Jack Mormon. Mormon, right? Foreman. I'm a Jack Mormon is somebody <laughs> that maybe believes who just drinks or something. Okay, no, I, okay. I'm a, I can drink without uh, so I'm a, a guilty conscience. So. I'm, I'm a mathlick. <laughs> yes. Former Catholic. Yeah. Okay. That'll work. <laughs> I forgot where I was going with the story now. Which story was I talking about? I just derailed you. That's all right. That's all right. We'll get back. Where were we going? Where were Thailand. We oh, in Thailand. So I go looking back now, it was a tough mission in that I didn't really want to go on a mission, didn't want to knock on doors, but that wasn't a pure thought because I thought that was my duty. But in Thailand, we were we were doing service mostly because it was against the law to knock on doors. So I was, yeah, I lucked out there again. So one of the cool things that happened is I, I went to an orphanage. I didn't really want to go. I knew it would be a long day. It would be smelly. They would have the the, uh, the handicapped kids mixed. It's always the things that you don't want to do that end up being the best there you go. things for you. Yeah, right? you were probably scared of this radio show too, and now you're thriving. Yeah, 50,000 downloads a month. What's I up with that? <laughs> I love it. I'm going to be counting. No, you can thank uh, Paul for coercing me into doing it. Okay. Just, every time I was trying to go to the bathroom, he'd see me walk down the hall and he yell at me, Hey, you got to do a radio show. Well, he's I resisted for a while. Yeah. I know he's a big man. Anyway, so. so, so I'm in Thailand and I go to an orphanage and I go inside a room and this girl locks eyes with me and she's eight years old, nine years old, looks like, and, and she's got a beautiful face and beautiful rosy cheeks painted on like a clown thing. And I go to pick her up. And when I pick her up, I had this shock because she only weighed about eight pounds, even though she was like nine because she had spinal bifida, which stunted her growth of oh, her body, but she terrible. had really long arms. And so I picked her up and, and I, I was like, oh my God, I need to put her down because I was, I wasn't caught up to the situation yet. And I, I did that thing. Like you bounce three times and I went to pull off and those long arms just dug into me tighter. And I didn't know what to think. And she wouldn't let you put her down. She would, but I did it again. And the second time she dug her hands in and what happened was, I don't know how to describe it, but I just grew comfortable there. And I, I didn't know how much time passed, but four hours passed with me holding this girl. Now, what happened was, is kind of like to, when I describe it, it's yeah, the best way to describe it is I think of like when I'm a little kid and my grandma and that wooden stove were cooking with this wooden ladle and she's stirring it up. And I just, that's what it felt like. Something was stirring me up. That 
is a moment that we have that maybe people have that because suddenly holding this girl was more important than everything else. And I didn't have that pause. And, and it took a long time to put that in perspective, but that's, was a purpose. That was a purpose moment in my life looking back. And I think that, that was a why, right? That I, 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 why did I exist right then? I, I, yeah. I think looking back, she existed to wake me up. I think she was my Sherpa. That's why it happened. But at the time I thought I was supposed to save her to Thailand. I, I, I was looking into adopting her, which was really not why it happened to me. Yeah. But my point is, is we have these things that happen in our life if we pause to recognize them. And if we pause to recognize them, those things that are important to us show up. And I'm not speaking in any kind of religious way at all. This no, is just, just who you are. reflecting being, on what's like, going on. I look at like a disc scale, like a personality assessment. You're a, I'm a high I, so I'm more people oriented. This is my experience that it wakes me up. Got and it. if I listen, then I can see as a company, it's good. To, it's easy to know for me as a roofing company, we keep families safe and dry. We're not saying that we keep families floating at sea. We're not a boating company. We keep families safe and dry. But for me personally, that's a harder, it's a harder uh, mystery. And sometimes you have a life experience, good or bad, and you have an awakening. Sometimes you commit to something that scares the crap out of you, like a radio show, and you have an awakening. Sure. And sometimes, you know, you have things like this happen. And and so, uh, but that, that is an important step in having that moment. And then for, if you don't have that moment, you got to dig. And so the, the way we this dig, is really, you need to sit down and reflect on, on your why. And then yes. once you know your why, and you understand that now you need to enlist the help of other people to help you execute that why. Yes. I think a really good tool that I think works is going deep in your HR, digging down and letting your people know and finding out for yourself who you are. That disc assessment to me was huge. When I found out I had a high eye, I forgave myself for always wanting to be the center of attention. Sure. And then I understood my marketing and customer care skills better. So, so uh, emotional intelligence, any kind of assessing tool, these start to find out who you are. In our company, I know you're going to get to that, Your but we, we get to the superpowers. Yeah. And that's just our, that's my way of using the language. It's not quite the language of the system that we use. It's a little of both. But I like it, you know, yeah. and it works for your company. So we've got about four minutes left. Let's talk a little bit about Four super... minutes left in the show? Yeah, I'm yeah, ready I'm for not... the sequel. I know, right? Part two. All right. So let's talk about the superpowers and then we'll wrap up with that because I think helping people to elevate who they are and find their purpose and blending that with your mission is the key to this whole thing. I absolutely agree. So you want me to tell you, so, so going deeper, <laughs> so, you may tell you how we kind of discovered that. Yeah, okay. please do. So Karen Inman is a RCOO and president. She's been there for, she's in her third year. She's wonderful. And, and those of you who have met her and know her, you'll say the same thing like everyone does. She's wonderful. When she came in, I was so pleased. I was like, oh my God, everything's running so great. I wanted to just, you know, kind of like shock her into smiling. And I came in one day, I go, Karen, God, everyone's getting along. I'm working on stuff I love. You realize you have a superpower? And she looked at me and said, yes. Oh, what is it? Without skipping a beat, she said, I lift everyone I touch every day. Boom. Boom. Yeah. And it Mic just, drop. there it is. Yeah. And then that was powerful because she does and I've seen it and I love it. And I'm so happy there. And a couple months later, she goes, she hands me this piece of paper. So let's go to Seattle to find your superpower. What? And I, I can't say no. My new COO is showing alignment with me and she goes up and she brings our, also our HR director, Ernie Bastillo, who's sitting behind you right there. And he's hidden over there in the corner. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, and we all learned about ourselves. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was nervous. I was nervous about Ernie going too because he just came to Antis and I didn't know him that well, and I felt exposed. And then I go up there and there's like 22 people from all these great companies that we know that are going to know about me. And but there was something powerful because I found out why I don't mentor or tutor. I don't tutor well. I'm not good one-on-one. I, when, I, when I taught my kid, when I was working with my beautiful, now 20-year-old Allie when she was 10 with math, and I was ment- uh, tutoring her, she looked at me and said, Dad, you're mean, because I just didn't do it well. But there I found out that I, well, I don't manage well, I don't tutor well, but I, I speak in theory better because I found out who I was and what fulfills me, and that's the key point. Ooh, my why, all right, what, now, what now, fulfills me. All there, right, there's so your why. Taking the time, really... It, so let me, just to summarize this, mm-hmm. you need to take the time to find out each person's why. Yes, and and their and why, their why the is kind of a, is quite kind of the intersection between impact and fulfillment. I think that that that's your why. You're having the impact you want in the world, and you are being fulfilled. There is your superpower. That's what they helped me find. And that with that, we're going to have to wrap up, and we're out of time. Can I tell you my superpower? Uh, uh, yes, I go ignite ahead. passion in others for social change. There we go. Boom. I got to find my superpower now. Let's do it. Charles, I want to thank you again for your time investment today and uh, welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, I know everybody sees your trucks driving around, but uh, what's the best way for members of our community to reach you or find out more about you or pick up one of your books or any of that good stuff? Um, drop on by or email me at charles at antistripping.com. I love to talk about purpose. I love the fact you're approachable. I am available. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I, and you know what? I let my company run by those people that run it best, like Karen and Ernie. And I go out and do what I do best, ignite passion in you to make it a better world. Oh, I love it. All right. So let's uh, thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Love all your comments and uh, your feedback is necessary for us to continue to provide great content for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at higher, that's H-I-R-E, power, P-O-W-E-R, radio, R-A-D-I-O.com. And you can follow us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitchers, TuneIn, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow me on uh, Twitter at Rick underscore Gerard. Tune in next week. Uh, We have a really good episode. Only two more episodes left of the year. Um, Our guest is going to be Christian Speltzer. He's the founder and CEO of Clockwork Recruiting. I'm Rick Gerard, your host, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 